much. Hi, Zumaites. Um, I'm not deserting you. I'm still with you. <laughs> it's great to see you guys all in person. Some of you are probably beginning to think I was a, a figment of um, your imagination, or I was just stuck somewhere on the online. Now, today, you guys may not realize, but I believe it's Angela's birthday today. You've been cut out. <laughs> I, I don't remember everybody else's, but I remember yours. Yours is special. And it also happens to be, sorry to embarrass you, <laughs> it also happens to be 12 years today when Catherine's mom went to be with the Lord. Um, so we celebrate her memory and we're thankful for that. So for our family, it's a, it's a pretty special time. But also very special is the privilege of being here with you guys today. And what we want to speak about is this interesting topic of worship and prayer. Um, after the worship we had this morning, I think we're already halfway there. So probably if I say a couple of sentences, we should be good to go. Um, we're trying something else today. Oh, it's working. Fantastic. Okay. So, <clears throat> worship, how do we define it? It's defined as um, showing reverence and adoration, and it's supposed to be for a deity. But I wonder about that. And essentially, it's regarding with great extravagant respect, honor, and devotion. And when you think of that, oftentimes we think of kneeling. But do we only worship deities? Or do we also worship what we're really fond of? So this is an amazing footballer that I love so much. But I certainly wouldn't be falling down to worship him. But there are those who do. And you might think, oh, I'm British. We don't, do a, we don't overexpress ourselves. Hmm. But when it comes to football, see, see the Brit, if England is, is winning, how they behave. So that's one thing. We worship different things at different times. And we all worship. Now, this is about who we worship and how we worship. And so, what is the posture for worship? Does it have to be kneeling down? And the answer is an obvious no. It could be you flatten your face worshiping God. It could be you standing. It's more of an attitude rather than a physical posture. But also, you wonder, how does worship put passion into your prayer? How does worship put passion into your prayer? Now, most people, when you came in, should have had a coin. So reach for your coin now. Now, my fellow Zoomites, I'm sorry you don't have one there. Hmm? Oh. So at great expense, my family have given everybody here two, two P coins. Um, please don't worry about handing it back afterwards. It'll be our extravagant <laughs> gift to you guys. But if you are home, have any coin at all. Um, if you hold that up, it's not terribly big, but I want everyone present to hold that coin, close one eye, okay? Close one eye and take that coin right up to your eye like that. Now, I suspect you won't be able to see much else around it. And then take it out at arm's length and do that. And so, it's like our problems. 
we focus on our problems like that, we can't see anything else. But holding it out there means we're able to get a better perspective. And so when we worship God, that's exactly what it does. It helps us to see God for who he is, so much greater than our problems. And so worship helps us to have faith, helps us to focus on God, not on our problems, not on our weaknesses, not on how appropriate or worthy we are. So this hopefully would be this extravagant gift to you to take home. You may want to put it in your pocket every time you have a problem, just kind of finger it and remember actually, God is so much bigger than this problem that I face, so much bigger than this inadequacy that I have. So that's what that coin is for. And certainly you're welcome to take that home with you. Now, the other interesting thing, and another illustration of that same fact is this. When you think of David and Goliath, you probably wonder how on earth could he think of facing someone so mighty, so big, compared to how he was. But David wasn't focused on Goliath. He was focused on the person who was backing him up. And what he focused on was on the Lord God Almighty. And I assure you that God was way bigger than the problems that he faced. So, three quick Bible stories to illustrate this point. The first is our Lord and prayer. When he was asked how to pray, and this is the link between worship and prayer, his first words were, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So you kind of recenter every time you worship and see God for his immenseness and how great he is, and then you go on to whatever else you want to do. So that's the best example we have, hallowed be your name. Now, a very good second example was in this story, which I'll read. It comes from Luke um, 7, 11 to 19. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. So that is such a beautiful example of someone worshiping the Lord in response to what God had done for him personally. So the first one, when Jesus was talking about hallowed be your name, was worshiping God for his immenseness, for what he's, who he is how great he is, how marvelous he is. The second one was what God has done for me personally. The third story is a very, oh, sorry, I, I put this here just to say, what mindset should we all have when we worship? Um, 
and I'm not sure whether you think it's one of this or the other, but the truth is, it's all of it. At different times, you should be in awe and be quaking in your boots when you think of how great God is. At other times, you're just so overwhelmed with thankfulness. Sometimes it's almost, you have a, an almost patronizing fondness for God, and you're so grateful. So all of this, are the appropriate things we should be thinking of at different times when we worship. So, we'll go on to the third one, and this is one of my favorite stories in the whole Bible, and so favorite that I've got to read it. So, six, John chapter 12 from verse 1. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here, dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. One of his disciples objected. And this is Jesus' reply. Leave her alone. Leave her alone. And that is interesting because some people are cross about you worshiping. Some people think, hang on, you know, all right, all right. Why are you going overboard? Why are you so, why are you, why are tears coming to your eyes? Why are you kneeling down in worship? Why are you raising your hands that way? Stop being such an exhibitionist. But the truth is, you know what God has done in your life. And this is what Jesus' response is. Leave her alone. Leave him alone. Let him get on and do his worship. So you get the impression that it's kind of important to Jesus, worship. And perhaps it should be very important to all of us as well. And this is something from God. A son honors his father and a slave his master. If I am a father, where is the honor due me? If I'm a master, where is the respect due me? And so, worship is something God deserves, is something God desires, is something God requests, and is something we all do. So, just to um, recap, you already worship, we've established that. God deserves our worship, he desires it. And with what we said about the coin and refocusing on what God is able to do, you actually need worship for resetting your priorities. So as we finish, I just want to say this, that um, we all come with the various crowns that we have. Some of you are very intellectual with your multiple degrees and letters after your name. We take that as a crown and worship God with it. We put it down on the ground. Uh, for others, you've got an amazing family. We put your family down on the ground in worship to the Lord. Your gifts, your talents, the amazing voice Neil has, his photographic abilities, we put that down before the Lord in worship. Worship and prayer forever linked. Amen.